Hey, Go-Getters, and welcome to another episode of the Go-Getter podcast. Today's episode is extra special because we are celebrating episode 35. Oh my goodness. Literally, we've done over a half a year of episodes. It is crazy, y'all. So, I'm so excited um, to really be sharing this episode with you guys. What we're doing is we're featuring a few of our top moments of the podcast, top lessons learned. There were so many to choose from, and honestly, it was hard to choose from, but we've narrowed them down to some of our top moments on the Go-Getter podcast. So listen up. You know, when you go through something traumatic like rape, like, to be honest, I don't want to be the person that says, like, you can never be healed from it. I definitely think that God has the power to heal you from it. But I think there's residue from the trauma that you have to continuously be intentional about making sure that you get healing from. So even now for me, like dealing with the residue of like rape for me is like, you know, dealing with like fear, like, mm-hmm. like there's certain areas that I don't necessarily always realize that like that trauma is impacting me. And so that's why counseling is important. That's why deliverance is important. And so I would say early on, I, I got healed initially from like the trauma of it and really addressing it. Because for me, my rape at first, I didn't think of it as a rape until, you know, I opened up to other people and they were like, Candace, you were raped. And that was just like, you're right. That's actually rape. So for me, um, just dealing with and processing through that and just dealing with that with God, I think that was a really big thing. And one of the big things that God dealt with me about, especially because I struggled with promiscuity when I was younger, that God just started to heal the way that I viewed myself. And in that process, I felt like as he healed me, And like, that was like also helping me heal from my rape, like helping me to see myself as beautiful, not seeing myself as damaged goods, not seeing myself as someone who was not worthy. Because a lot of times when trauma like that happens to you, that's what your, like your brain defaults to, you know, like that shame, that guilt, that fear, all of that stuff. And so uh, when I started Epic Fab Girl, like God had been dealing with some of that stuff, but over time, like God has continuously been healing. One of the big things I remember that like, not only did the trauma impact, but it was just like childhood trauma and all these other things impacted was my confidence. So like Mm -hmm. fear tried to come into my life in so many different areas, but it was like, God had to build back up my confidence And I remember like launching out with Epic Fab Girl and feeling like, Lord, how is it that you want me to teach other women how to be confident in their purpose? And I'm not even there yet. And Mm -hmm. one of the big things he kept telling me was like, just do it. I didn't, you know, I'm going to help you in the process. And so, you know, that confidence came as the journey went on. So I, I didn't arrive to this point of like complete healing. And then I launched, it was like, I got to a point where I was healed enough to move forward, but God was continuously healing me in the journey. How have you learned to deal with like uncertainty? Well, I've learned to deal with it by understanding the character of God that when the world changes and goes through so much that God never changes. 
And so remembering that helps me to just place my focus on the bigger picture. As believers, as a, as a Christian woman, uh, this world, we're here for a purpose and we're here for a time, but it's not the only thing. There, there's so much more that will come for us in eternity. And so I just shift my perspective and trust in God and, and knowing that he never changes. When the world is going to change, he is going to stay the same. His word is going to stay the same. And I am going to trust that. And I'm going to pull on that no matter what. And also spend more time focusing on that than the media, um, because the media has been stressful for 2020. Absolutely. I love that you brought it back to the character of God. That was a whole word. Like, When everything else changes, we can be confident that one thing always remains the same and that's God. And so I would love to know kind of what is the, what role and what has been the power of like prayer, fasting, journaling, and, and all of that dealing with like transition and uncertainty. Well, prayer has been a lifeline. I have developed my prayer life like never before um, during that time. Because again, like I said, in the seasons of transition, there are times when you just absolutely don't know what's next. And so um, who better to uh, receive direction from than, than your creator, the one that created you for a purpose and a plan and a destination. And so prayer um, fasting has been helpful um, because you're more sensitive to the voice of God when you are fasting and you're more disciplined. You know, uh, one of the things I love to fast from is social media and and taking time. And even this past summer, I, I took a month off of social media and that right there was uh, just so helpful, even as it pertains to just moving from uh, consulting with a few people to saying, OK, I'm going to start a consulting firm. And so uh, that came out of my fasting time uh, and taking time away uh, from social media. And what else did you say? Prayer, fasting, oh, journaling. Journaling, I love journaling because I love keeping record of the things that God has done. And when you keep record of it, when you're in those transitional seasons or those wilderness seasons, you could go back to that record and remember, if God did it back then and he did it during that time, how much more can he do it again? Girl, I mean, you have convinced me, even though I am a journaler, right? You have convinced me again of why I need to be consistent with journaling. And honestly, it's so important because like you said, you know, just being able to revisit what God has done in the past and knowing that he is the same God. He never changes. He's still going to show up how he shows up. Income and profitability and expenses are three completely different pieces of your business. So um, income will be the amount of money that you can bring in that's in tax world. It's the gross income, right? The actual amount of money that comes into your business. If you were able to offload 80% of what we're doing now, how much more time could you spend on sales and servicing? If that means that you can, so no one works a 40 hour work week, but let's just use 40 hours, right? So in a 40 hour work week for your business, 
we are going to remove, for sake of that, let's say three quarters, let's say 75%, right? So 30 hours of your 40 hours that you're working, we're going to take away. Cool. Um, so now you have 30 more hours in your day that you could go out and you can sell and you can service, do what you do. Okay. So just take that number and say, huh, if I'm making, let's just say $10,000 a year right now, and I could quadruple that, now I'm at 40,000, okay? And I didn't have to do anything except for extra, or you know, work on my business versus working the administrative delegatable tasks in my business, right? So that's income. Then we have profitability. Now, if you're working with someone like me or a business coach, they're going to talk about profitability because now that you have staff that you've brought on, you have an expense that you didn't have. So when you were making $10,000, now you're making $40,000, but you're paying out five, right? So at $10,000, you don't have enough to pay out five. But if you can um, start working your way into that five to make that 40, now your profitability has gone up because that five is doing the work of what 10, right? So now you're an extra 50% more profitable on your old number and your what overall you're 75% uh, more profitable. That's cool. Um, and so it, when it comes to this kind of stuff, and I'll give you an example, because sometimes um, my hypotheticals don't, you know, do what it needs to do. So for example, I work with a lot of coaches and I work with coaches that are coaching one-on-one. -on -one. And in the time of COVID, um, everybody wants to create courses and they want to leverage their time because they're not seeing their people in person one-on-one, -on -one. they're seeing them on Zoom. And so we have more time because there's no driving and all of that stuff is going on, right? So I have a product called Three Product Coaching, where I help my clients take their one-to-one co -one coaching program and turn it into a course. And then they now offer a group coaching in between the two. And then I set them up to do actual marketing. So where we can put out lead magnets, we can do funnels, we can do all of the stuff, and we have a natural upsell and downsell. So what we want to do is sell the group coaching. Because if somebody says the group coaching is too expensive, I can say, well, I have a self-study course, right? Or if they say, well, I really want the one-on-one, -on -one. well, great, I have one-to-one -one coaching. So that you're always living in the middle, right? Now, your highest profit margin is the course. So for the people who can't quite afford you yet, the goal of that course is to get them to do the group coaching or the one-to-one, -one, or maybe even buy you hourly if they want that. And you do that and you set your course up so that it automatically sells them into the next thing, right? After that particular course is done or that coaching program is done, what do you have to offer them next? Okay, so we, we want to look at your every service that you have. We want to look at how you want to build your business and how you want to leverage your time. And we want to put a plan together so that you can take people through all of the pieces that you have to offer. Will some of them outgrow you? Potentially. 
Is that a great story and a great testimonial for you to have for your business? Absolutely, right? So all of these pieces are ways that we can help you increase your income. It's really from our knowledge and from the way that you know we do things and the way that we see other clients doing things. We bring all of that knowledge to you. Now, on the hourly basis, are we going to make you any money? No. Are we going to set you up for success? Absolutely. Are we going to give you your time back? 100%. And so it all depends on what you see as a priority, what you see as valuable. Is your time valuable? Do you want to increase the profit in your business? Do you want to just increase your gross income? Do you want to build a team? Are you building an agency? Where are you going with this? And it's all about the steps that it's going to take you to get there and to the end result, right? And then that end result just keeps moving because everybody wants more. It just depends on how much more you can take. I, I have two different like rules of thought when it comes to like coming up with content ideas. The first idea that I have um, or belief that I have is you should know what you want to help people with, right? You know, I think that that's a big thing. There are businesses that start because they see that there's a need and then they create their business to fill that need. But there's also businesses that start because this is the idea and thing that I want to help people with. There is a group of people that probably need this and I want to help those people. And I think that you should figure out which way you're coming into your your branding because that will really help to dictate the content you make. So for example, if you've decided, I want to make the kind of content that helps uh, women uh, with this particular issue, but you don't have an audience yet, then you're making content that helps women with this particular issue. And then you're going to use tools such as um, hashtags. And if you are looking at hashtags on social media, where this woman might be to try to find her. Also making really good content that when people do find you, it really does help that woman with that issue. So she stays around, but you're really directing the content at that point because you're choosing, I'm making content just for this. Now, this is one of the areas that I um, recently started doing with content, um, specifically for my content confident page and my healthy Janelle page. I have conversations that are very specific to what I want to help people with and to what I want to talk about. So if you're on a wellness journey and you're interested in losing weight, but you're not interested in doing it with a ketogenic diet. I really can't help you. You can be inspired by my story. You can see that I've lost weight. You can see that I'm healthier. And you can uh, say, well, I need to get the ball rolling because Janelle has done this great thing in her life. She's transformed her body. She looks healthier and happier. But I don't want to do keto. I'm just inspiration for you. Once you decide, you know what, I want to do keto, then Janelle can help you because I have a program a membership program where I help people on a ketogenic diet and we offer lots of support and accountability and things like that. But I'm directing the conversation there. It's not like I'm going to help you one day with how to, how to do portion control. And then the next day I'm going to help you with how to, how to count your calories. And then the next day I'm going to help you with getting your activity. in. I'm not talking about all those things. It's keto and it's intermittent fasting. And that is it. And also in my content confident program, that membership program is directed, the conversation is directed by me. I'm only teaching you how to content plan. If you want to pitch and learn how to land brand deals, I'm not teaching you that. 
if you want to write a blog post and you want to create your editorial calendar, I'm not teaching you that. I'm teaching you how to plan your content and that's it. Now, prior to this last couple of years where I was doing this, where I'm leading the conversation and deciding what kind of content I want to teach people, I was very much led by the needs of the community. So knowing that I was in the natural hair industry and I was dealing with Black women specifically um, only, as they needed things, I helped them with that. So if they needed to learn how to style their hair a certain way, I would create content to help with that. And I would create uh, different conversations to help with that so we could talk about it a lot more. But everything would be focused on what their needs were. Need help with using products and understanding ingredients. I would make content for that. So it was very community-led. And those are two different ways that you can make content to support your community. And you have to obviously know the community if you're doing it the other way. You have to have an idea of how you're going to start off, who you're starting off with, who's your target. And then as you start to grow that audience, you take information from them by asking questions, seeing what they respond to, using social media tools like polls and question stickers in your stories, going live and seeing what kinds of things people ask you, what types of conversations pop up in your DMs or on your comment section. And then you use that to kind of create your content. But at the end of the day, once you've either decided this is the kind of uh, information I want to give out, or this is the information that they need, you then have to plan all of it, right? Because what ultimately happens is our personal interests will always take over our content when we don't plan. If I am in like a big, oh my God, I love me some candles right now. If I'm in the big candles and I don't have a content plan, I'm going to just be talking about candles all damn day because that's what I'm interested in. And then when I'm interested in, oh, I'm on this weight loss journey and I'm losing weight and now I want to talk about that because I'm real hardcore on my weight loss journey, that's going to take over my content because that's all I'm thinking about in in this moment of my life where I am right now. But when you have a content plan, you can say, well, I do motivate women to live healthier lives. And so I will share parts of my weight loss journey but it won't be every day. And if it is regularly like every day, it'll be somewhere where the content doesn't stick like an Instagram story. Or if you do use Twitter like I do, you can share it on Twitter. The timeline moves really quickly. But I know that my audience is here for women's empowerment, motivation. How do I do that? Sharing a wellness journey is part of that, but it's not the end all be all. Loving candles, while that may be interesting to me, is not exactly the message that I'm trying to share with you, with people. What can I do behind my love of candles? Can I talk to you about how lighting a candle every day is a part of my self-care and how I show myself love? Um, because it is. I, I have a candle lit right now. I keep looking at it. I know y'all can't see us, but I keep looking at my candle as I talk about it. That's a part of my self-love, lighting a candle and being in my office space and it's smelling like, I think it's blueberry waffles or something, makes me feel real good. So can I encourage a woman to find something like that to make her feel real good instead of just being like, oh, look at the new candle that I got on sale. That's how you take content that you want to talk about and support people with it. And when you start making up a content plan, doing things like this becomes so much easier. And I see it every day when I um, watch the women who are a part of my Content Confident membership or women who have come through my programs like you, Candice, and other women. When I go through their content or they pop up on my timeline, I can see the the evolution of the things that they're doing. 
And I'm like, okay, like it is helping, it is working. And today on my social media, I had discussed how one of my members is now having conversations with her audience about how to get a brand to notice you. And in a competitive world where people sometimes forget that there is a value to empowering people, they see other people do things that they know that they're the reason why that person is doing it. And they immediately feel this evilness towards that person. Girl, let me just pause you and say thank you for addressing this. Continue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, they, they have this evil energy towards the person that makes them feel like the person is stealing their idea or did something because they did it. They got it from me. And that negativity of feeling like someone has stolen your idea or is doing something because of you is a spirit that I don't have. I do not have that spirit. It does not exist in me. And anytime I meet someone that has that, like it clashes. I'm just like, well, why did you get that from that? Like, I don't, I don't go there. So back to my point, when I saw her having this conversation about how to get a brand to notice you, I was so excited. I, and I showed my excitement by sharing that piece of content on my stories. And as a coach, because of the work that I'm in, I didn't just share the content just to show her I'm supporting her. I shared the content to to support the women on my page. And I let them know that when I first met this woman, um, she did not feel confident about her content. She did not feel like she could even work with brands, like all of these different insecurities that she had. Obviously, we work together. She's past that. And now she's sharing, she's passing it on. And I said, this is not my information to hold on to, to only benefit me. It is information that I have a right to share this with other Black women so that they can now pour into other Black women and that other Black woman can pour to someone else so we can really blow this whole thing out by knowing the things you should do like our white counterparts do and our Asian counterparts do, like building this network where we're helping each other is the ultimate goal. So even though sometimes you may not know what you should post, you know, back to the original conversation, if you create a content plan, you can create these conversations and make things that appear to not really be on brand be on brand, like the candle conversation and tying that to self-love or like posting someone else's content, not really related to what I'm talking about, but I can create a conversation by sharing that to show the value in what I've been doing to other people. So get your ideas wherever you want to get them from, self-directed or community-directed, but at the end of the day, plan out what you're going to talk about so that way you are consistently having good conversations that are helpful and not just based off what feeling and thing you're interested in right now. I don't know if you've ever had a good ugly cry, Candice. That that ugly, ugly. I had a good ugly cry. Like, God, why me? Like, I have been a good person. I tithe. I operate in integrity. I I felt like I did all the things that they said, do go to school, get a good job. You know, like, I feel like I did all that. So what's the problem? And it was in that ugly cry. It was in that balling, snotting, getting on the bathroom floor, balled up in fetal position where I held, I heard the Holy Spirit say, get your Bible. And I got my Bible off my bed and I landed on Proverbs 17, 16. And it said, what good is money? 
in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom. And that scripture change. I get chills. I wish you could. I get chills every time. I have been living by that. I've been sharing that for over a decade and it doesn't change because every time I see myself on that floor, I know how good God is. Like I know that it is such a blessing to be in this space and to do what I do. But when I was on that bathroom floor, all I could say is, God, if you restore me, I didn't even say when. I said, if you restore me, I will go everywhere I can and tell people that this journey is not about chasing money. It's about seeking wisdom. First and foremost, you always want to build your business with the end in mind. We're looking at businesses that will have an exit or acquisition, meaning you're already building your business to be bought out by whatever the big conglomerate is. That's also where we get our returns to our investors, one of the ways. So you want to be mindful. If that's not your case, then venture is definitely not what you're looking for. You may just need somebody to front a purchase order and you pay them back with interest. You may just need, like I said, money for cash flow management in your service business. The typical venture startup, whether they're pre-rev or already have existing revenue, they're on a run rate to at least be around 20 million in the next couple of years. Meaning if they have the right capital, that's where their revenue would fall. That's like a clue in, oh, you need venture capital in order to help you grow and scale your business very quickly. And you already have in mind that you want to be bought out by this large conglomerate. And that's what this looks like. Got it. I I think that's very clear. And I want to say, you know, I think when we hear venture capital, we hear about, you know, pitching your business. And so can you talk to us about like, what does it look like to pitch? And what are some kind of questions that women should be prepared to answer when they are pitching? Oh, that's good. First, I do want to say the thing that's going to get any investor's attention is a good brand story and great traction. So the second that you're able to tell your story from a great place of storytelling, and then you're able to prove your traction, you've got somebody's attention. And what I mean by traction can be in different ways. If you're pre-rev, your traction may look like you have 10,000 users already on your platform, or you have however many emails for your community. Your traction may look different based upon per person. Um, We typically look at companies that have already revenue generated 100,000 for the year as a minimum, but honestly, a lot of the businesses we invest in, they've already been in millions before they even got anybody on their cap table. And their cap table means, of course, well, it means they're investors that are investing in their business. And I would definitely say that's key. Brand story, your traction. When you're pitching, the questions that you need to be prepared for are going to be about the marketplace. What percentage of the market do you plan to garner? Um, are going to be about your competition. First and foremost is going to be about the problem that you're solving. Every business that is in business is solving a problem in the problem in the marketplace. Another question you're going to definitely see is, of course, how much you're raising. Where is this money going to be allocated? And what are your projections in that space? And how much equity are you willing to give up to receive that that capital that you're requesting? No different than what you've seen on Shark Tank. Try to think anything else that's like a key question that I know would stand out. Of course, who's on your team, how your team has been built, where your resources lie. But yeah, those are just a few. 
Yeah, I think that's a really great start. I know I personally sat and watched one of the pitch competitions that you had for the Fearless event. And I just love, first of all, like you said earlier, Black women have so many ideas. They're always launching Mm -hmm. new things. And I know recently I saw that Range Beauty uh, got a fund or got funded by you guys. And I just remember watching her, you know, at the Fearless Facebook event. And I was just blown away. And just to watch her story and then to see how you guys are actually investing in these really great ideas. I just, I feel like I learned so much just from listening to the questions that were asked. And, you know, I'm saying these ladies were ready. Okay. They showed up ready. Okay. So I would love to know what, like, I know you hear a lot of pitches. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see women make when they're pitching other than of course, like not being confident, right? Yeah. I would say when you have to keep deferring so much. And what I mean by that is some people just like to stay in their lane, which is good. But when you're pitching, you need to sound so well-versed on every area of your business. Like, it's not good to get up and say, well, I'm just a creative, but you know nothing about the numbers. You know nothing about anything. Like, that's fine if you don't work in that area. It's fine if you're leaning into your strengths. But if you are presenting something, I need to have the assurance that you're aware of what's going on in your business. So it's not good enough for you to be like, oh, we've made millions of dollars, but I don't know anything about that stuff. You want to make sure that everything is not a defer. Like, okay, one time, we'll let it go. Two, three, four, it's just like, wait a minute, do you know your business? Because you want me to buy into you and believe in you. But now you keep deferring so much to the next person where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I need you to, even if you don't work in it, just know about what's happening, please. In closing, I'll share what I believe God is saying for the year of 2021 um, and what we can expect. And I'll pray us out because I think it's so important to really align with God through prayer. So one of the things that I, just the word that God gave me for 2021 was that it would be a strange year. It would be another year that would be strange. We thought that 2020 was insane, but 2021 is going to be yet again, another strange year. But Um, The thing that God told me was that we shouldn't be afraid of strange. Strange is how God moves. He moves in mysterious ways. God does and allows for us to have strange favor. He allows us to have strange blessings. Even if you look at the instances in the Bible where miracles were happening and like there were so many instances where miracles happened time and time again miracles in the miraculous realm in itself is strange. It's weird. And let me actually look up the word strange really quickly, just so that you guys know what I'm talking about. The definition of strange, y'all, is unusual or surprising in a way that is unsettling or hard to understand. Y'all, when I say I feel it and I hear it and I see it, when I say God is about to show up, in an unusual or surprising way that is so unsettling and hard to understand, hard to wrap our minds around. Y'all, God is so good. And he's about to do so many good things in 2021 through entrepreneurship. The thing that I saw was that 
a lot of us have seen so much growth in 2020, but going into 2021, y'all, it is about to be exponential growth. Like the curve is about to be crazy. God is about to blow our minds. And this is the season for you to get in alignment. You need to plan, you need to prepare. But he says, even as you plan and prepare in this workbook, even as you plan and prepare and write these things down, he said, make room for me, make room for for more, make room for greater expectation. So don't over plan, don't over prepare. He says to write the vision, make it plain, but leave room for what he's gonna do because there's gonna be so many strange encounters with God. There's gonna be so many strange encounters with the miraculous. There's gonna be so many strange encounters with what we never thought would be able to happen. And God is going to be able to do it in and through us. And God is gonna like, literally, he is going to allow for women entrepreneurs to be used as vessels, as miracles and signs and wonders of not only of his existence, but his goodness, his good nature, and just his, his, his loving kindness and his fathering nature towards us. And so he says to prepare in this season now so that as you will be ready, you will be equipped and you will be in the right mindset to take on all it is that he has for you in 2021. And y'all, this is just going to be, I see it being a launching pad for so many entrepreneurs. A lot of us have gone and unnoticed and unseen, but he says that it was for such a time as this, because he's going to begin to elevate so many entrepreneurs that have been doing the work behind the scenes. He's going to begin to align people with the right connections with the right resources, the right finances to really establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So this is a time and a season for you to move forward, to you to go like you've never gone before and to walk with boldness and courage. And I just speak against the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that fear is broken and that pain of the past will not hold us back from the prop prosperous future that God has for us. I declare right now in the name of Jesus that 2021 will be a year of miracles, signs, wonders, unusual surprises of good things, of good things. And that even I just come against the spirit of, of being, feeling like you're set up for uh, not depression, but set up for dis being let down and disappointment. And so there will no longer be a space where you, you begin to run and you thrive and you go and you do, and you're amazed by what God is doing, but you expect something bad to happen next. God is saying he's breaking that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. As you listen to this, he is breaking that off of you. He's breaking that stronghold off of you, whether you are listening to this now as it re is released in December of 2020, or if you're listening to it later, he is breaking the back of poverty mindset. He is breaking the back of everything that has its hold and its grip on you. You will not be one that is stagnant. You will not be one that is afraid to go forward in the fullness of what he has called for you to do. You will be one who walks forward with boldness, with courage, with strategy, with clarity, with wisdom. And others will look to you and say, how has she done it? But it will be literally the strange glory, the strange grace of God, the strange miraculous nature of who he is. And we won't have to look to our ourselves for guidance, but we'll look to him for clarity and wisdom. So 2021, he says, get ready. Cause like, I literally see like buckle up, like you about to go on the roller coaster of your life. And it's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so thrilling, but he says to just trust him 
every single step of the way. And so I just want to pray as we close out because I believe God wants to do something so miraculous and supernatural in our lives, y'all. Y'all have no idea. You have no idea. The beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, y'all. Like God knows what you've been through. He knows everything that you've had to sacrifice. He knows all of the worries and the struggles. He knows it all. He knows the trauma. He knows the family pain. He knows the molestation. He knows the rape. He knows, he knows, he knows. But he says, daughter, do you not know that I am the God? That is so good. That sees it all. And I settled the score. He says, this is a season for beauty, joy, (laughs) and his goodness. So he says, don't worry about the things of the past because the good things that are to come are just going to blow your mind in such unusual and unheard of, unthought of ways. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man that which he has prepared for those who love him. And I'm going to close with that. And I'm going to just pray us out. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for bringing us to this point in 2020. Lord, we thank you for excelling us into a new place into 2021. We thank you, God, for the revelation that you're bringing to us. We thank you, God, for the clarity and the wisdom. Father, we thank you for operating in our lives in a way that only you can. We thank you for pushing us to a new level of destiny, grace, and purpose, Lord. We thank you, Father, for pushing us to a new level of operating in our gifts spiritually, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we will no longer be afraid. I come against fear. I come against the intimidation of the enemy and say that it has no hold. It has no grip. Satan, remove your hand, loose your grip over these women right now in the name of Jesus. I declare peace and healing and joy and prosperity. And even as your word Word says in Psalm 1 and 1 um, that we would be planted like a tree by the river rivers of water that bear fruit in due season. Let us be planted. Let us not be moved. Let us not be shaken. Let us stand still, stand firm and watch the salvation of the Lord. But we know that your word says that I know that goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. We honor you. We love you. We say, have your way. And so we thank you, God, for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your love. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Wow. Honestly, the first 34 episodes have been bananas. I personally just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Go-Getter podcast, whether you are a newbie, whether you've been hanging out with us for a long time since we started, we sincerely appreciate you. And you know that these moments just showcase why we love doing exactly what we're doing, helping women like you prosper in your purpose as an entrepreneur, connecting you with other amazing women, praying for you, and you know, as always, we love you, we're praying for you, and we cannot wait to see you again and connect with you again on the next episode of the Go-Getter Podcast.